You're listening to the Psalm Song Podcast, where we explore the intersection between music and spirituality in order to rediscover the world around us. I'm your host, Drew Wesselhoff, and today we are comparing and contrasting Chance the Rapper and Kendrick Lamar, and it's a doozy, so settle in. We walk the line between sacred and secular through lyric and rhyme. We discuss what we find in between the lines to rediscover the life that was there the whole time. There's only two types of people in the world. Those who think there are only two types of people and those who don't. But um, sorry, there's a reason I make music and not jokes. It's so easy for us to make reality black and white. Our natural tendency is to simplify everything into only two sides. For instance, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you in or out? Are you like me or not like me? Is this right or wrong? Is this in or out? And of course, the question that this podcast is centered around, is this sacred or secular? Here's the thing. The truth is so much more complicated than that. And we know this, but we choose to simplify for our own sanity. So why should we pursue truth if it only makes us more confused and less secure? Why should we leave our comfort zone for a scarier, more uncertain place? So that we can rediscover the purpose of these oversimplifications themselves. So that we can remember that the oversimplification of our reality is for our sanity. It's not about a moral gray area, but rather it's about finding a common space for discussion and introspection. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, the French pilot and author of the famous children's book, The Little Prince, puts it this way, quote, All of us in words that contradict each other express at bottom the same exalted impulse. What sets us against one another is not our aims, they all come to the same thing, but our methods, which are the fruit of our varied reasoning." End quote. The Psalm Song Podcast is about holding our methods just a little bit looser, all for the purpose of discovering the common aims that we all share. magic of music is that if we let it, it can create a space to do this. Have you ever been to a concert where you felt a certain camaraderie with the strangers around you simply because you were dancing together and singing together? Have you ever put your headphones on just to hold on to that feeling that everything is going to be okay? You see, music allows us to sing our prayers together, shoulder to shoulder. Even if our prayers are worded a little differently, Through lyric and rhyme, our common aims can be revealed. See, Antoine also says, quote, Nothing is easier to divide men into rightists and leftists, hunchbacks and straightbacks, fascists and democrats, and these distinctions will be perfectly just. But truth, we know, is that which clarifies, not that which confuses. Truth is the language that expresses universality. End quote.
So maybe sometimes, music is the truth that clarifies instead of confuses. And maybe sometimes, music is the language that expresses universality. The Psalm Slash Song Podcast is the discussion of the possibility that the music we share can become a much-needed catalyst of rediscovery. It's the hope that conflict resolution can begin by simply asking the question, what's your favorite song? Sometimes it's not about finding an answer. Sometimes the discussion is more divine than the answer itself. There's an ancient Jewish parable that's all about this. And let's hear Peter Rollins, the philosopher and speaker, describe this parable. So in the Jewish tradition, there's that famous parable where two rabbis are arguing over a passage in the Torah. And they've been arguing and arguing for days, into weeks, into months, and into years. And they can never agree on what this interpretation is about, how how to correctly understand this passage in the Torah. So finally, God, who has the patience of a saint, but (laughs) getting increasingly frustrated by this conversation, says, I'm going to go down and I'm going to tell them what it means. So God comes down, parts the clouds, goes to this park where they're sitting arguing. He says, I have listened to you guys argue for years. I will tell you what this means. And in a rare moment of unity, the two rabbis turn to God and say, what right have you to come down here and tell us what it means? You clear off and let us argue about it, right? Now, what's going on? Because the, the idea is, if anybody comes to you and says, this is what the text means, this is what the parable means, this is what the truth is, even if it's, go- even if it's the author, if it's God, they've got it wrong. You know, why? Because it, you can't reduce it to a single meaning. That's, it's like looking at a painting and thinking that you can reduce the painting to a singular meaning. It, it's not that the painting lacks meaning. The painting has such a, a superfluous amount of meaning. It's got so much going on. That's why you have to go back to your favorite paintings again and again and again. You don't just look at it once and say, I've got it. You have to go back and you'll get new things out of it when you bring new things to it. In a similar way, this type of discussion is what we are after. Reaching an answer is not the goal, but rather introspection and reflection through debate and philosophical thought is our goal. So with that in mind, in the last two episodes we covered Chance the Rapper and then Kendrick Lamar. What we found is that both use art and music to communicate with their God, but both do it in seemingly contradictory ways. You see, Chance can't help but express praise and joy in his music, while Kendrick presents his questions and doubts through his music. In episode 13, Nate Lake called Kendrick Lamar's music the theology of struggle. And in contrast, the focus of Chance's music is simply praise and joy. So for our purposes, we will call his music the theology of joy. How great! What we have is the theology of struggle, 
versus the theology of joy. Is one right and one wrong about their posture towards God through art? Is the purpose of art to be a righteous struggle or an overflowing of praise? Is Chance the Rapper in the wrong and Kendrick Lamar in the right, or vice versa? Or is it much more complicated and nuanced than that? I'll give you a hint. It's always more complicated and nuanced. Chance and Kendrick are not exclusively in these camps of praise and questioning, respectively. Of course, Chance has expressed doubts and Kendrick has expressed hope through their music. But again, if we recognize the oversimplification for what it is, and then examine it, we can learn a lot more about the reality behind it. You see, what I'm doing here is creating a false dichotomy. What every episode is doing is creating a false dichotomy. Because this false dichotomy reveals the nuance between them. And in this nuance is the divine discussion that the rabbis in the Jewish parable thought after. So let's walk this line between our false dichotomy in order to find out the purpose of it. A journalist who goes by Miguelito talks about these two artists in a DJ Booth article. He says, quote, Arguably, the two most religious rap albums of the last year have been Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book and Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Both are inseparable from the religious baggage they lay at our feet. Combined, the albums have over 140 unique references to God or religious imagery. I counted. So you need an understanding of the way they speak to and about God to unpack their messages. Both fit well enough into these categories, with Chance being perpetually, quote-unquote, blessed, and Kung Fu Kenny embodying the spirit of questioning, end quote. After wrestling with the meaning of these two approaches, uh, Miguelito comes to this conclusion, quote, They're two sides of one coin, illustrating two separate but necessary ways for the religious believer to move through the world. I can see the benefits of both, end quote. Unfortunately, the article ends there, and he doesn't explain how praise and suffering can actually coexist together. So for the rest of the episode, I will do my best to try to pick up where this article left off. The first is that God is better than the world's best thing. is better than the best thing that the world has to offer. How can these artists represent two sides of the same coin? In an interview with Stephen Colbert, Chance the Rapper talks about how he believes that, quote, singing is praying twice. Let's hear from these two to learn what that phrase means. Can I ask you about um, your relationship to your faith and the church growing yeah, up? You, you said that uh, singing is praying twice. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean by that? Um, well, I mean, it's always great to pray, and when you worship in song, there's just, I don't know, this, uh, you just, you're able to do it with much more fervor, or at least I am. I think I thought I sounded poetic when I said it, and now when you're asking about it, I'm like, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I, to, me, to, to me, it means the words have their own meaning, but the expression of your heart comes through 
in the sound in ways that the words cannot capture. The same way that the parables of Christ tell a story that cannot be told or a lesson that cannot be told in any other way, the sound of the song speaks in a way that words can't reach. That's what it meant to me. That's why we're friends. <laughs> to sing a prayer makes it transcend itself and become bigger than the sum of its parts. It becomes entirely separate from the words that it is made of, but at the same time it still reflects the essence and the sentiment of those words. In a way then, when a prayer is sung, the words don't matter as much as the heart of the person speaking. C.S. Lewis puts it this way, quote, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me, end quote. So perhaps Chance and Kendrick both have these prayers flowing out of them all the time. And these prayers don't change God, but instead they are changing the one singing. Whether it is a prayer like Kendrick's DNA and focuses on the conflict within ourselves, or whether it is a prayer like Chance's How Great that focuses on the resolutions that have revealed themselves. The aim and the purpose of the song is the same. You see... In words that contradict each other, Chance and Kendrick are expressing the same exalted impulse. And maybe this impulse is to pray. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and born like this, immaculate conception. I transform like this, perform like this, what shouts you a new weapon. I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your, off your head. This that put the kiss to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got. Another way we can look at these two sides is through a little theology. What I'm talking about is the idea of a horizontal or a vertical spirituality. And horizontal in this sense means that a person connects with God primarily through other people and their community. Vertical, on the other hand, is a spirituality that is primarily through direct communication with their God individually. If we remember all the way back to episode two with Gary Clark Jr., the concept of horizontal and vertical is very similar to the ideas talked about in that episode. So for us, Chance represents a horizontal spirituality, while Kendrick represents a vertical one. Chance relates to his God through his community, singing and praising together. Kendrick goes directly to the source and is not afraid to ask the difficult questions. And of course, there are plenty of debates on which is a better orientation. In whichever camp you fall into, you can find material and quotes to back you up. And also, the easiest answer to arrive at is the balance between the horizontal and the vertical. But although I think balance is a noble pursuit, I also think we, as human beings, just tend to lean one way or the other. And that's okay. So perhaps when we're talking about balance, we're not talking about having ourselves be equally horizontal and vertical, because that might be impossible. It's more about learning and knowing which way you lean. And then as a result, putting more effort into being better at the other side. A great example of this concept can be found in Kendrick's third album, To Pimp a Butterfly. In it, as a kind of precursor to the song titles in Damn, he has a track titled You and a track titled I. Each of these can function as examples of what happens when we depend too much on our horizontal side or our vertical side. 
So let's start with I. In I and you, he breaks down his complicated relationship with himself. In the chorus for I, the anthem is, I love myself. But interspersed with this anthem, he wrestles with his hypocritical and conflicted nature. By showing how conflicted he is, Kendrick is warning us that loving yourself is not about thinking of yourself as flawless. In this way, he is showing us the danger of a vertical spirituality. One who communicates directly and individually with his God skirts the danger of making himself an idol and loving himself more than his God. So in contrast, when we look at the song, You, the chorus repeats the phrase, loving you is complicated. And in other parts of the track, he calls himself out for being a failure and that he hates himself. Loving you is complicated. 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 In a horizontal spirituality, being constantly surrounded by praise and joy can make it lose its luster and sound hollow and disingenuous. When you no longer feel that joy and you see others experiencing it all around you, then you begin to think that something is wrong with you. Then this leads towards a destructive path of self-hate that we see in you. So obviously, Kendrick has taken a lot of time to think about how he relates to himself. And hopefully now he can recognize when he is starting to lean one way or the other. And he can learn to correct himself and be vertical or horizontal when he needs to balance himself out. And this idea of balancing his two natures is very present in his next work, Damn. If we follow in Kendrick's footsteps, I think it will do us a lot of good. Yeah, um, not knowing who I am, basically. I went through a whole album and, and a whole um, setting in my life not knowing who I, who I am or uh, thinking I know it all, thinking I have so much love for the, you know, my homies. I think that's it. That's where love stops. So much love for the streets. I think that's where love stops. But deep inside, I didn't know who I was. You know, I was just caught in the same cycle that everybody else was following, everybody else was in. You know, so how can I really have love for my partner next to me, you know, if I don't know who I am? How can I have love for my city if I don't know who I am? Me having love for him, if making the right decisions for him, making the right decisions for these kids out here, I wasn't doing that, you feel me? So it was me having to find myself, and that's what that whole thing represented. Finally, 
There is one more way of looking at this coexisting of praise and doubt through Kendrick and Chance. And that is through one of the parables that Stephen Colbert so elegantly explained. Tell a story that cannot be explained in any other way. You see, in episode 13, I concluded our discussion of Chance the Rapper by alluding to a parable known as the prodigal son. In this story, two brothers take very different paths. The older one never left his father's side while the younger one took his inheritance and left to spend it on things that wouldn't last. In the story, the younger son runs out of money and hits rock bottom. He then makes the decision to return to his father and to be his lowly servant for the rest of his days. And now I'll read you my favorite verse in the Bible. Quote, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him." End quote. After this, the father had a big party for his son, who was once lost but is found again. At the party, the older son grew understandably bitter. He did not understand why his younger brother was welcomed back with open arms after what he did. In response, the father says to him, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So if we think about Kendrick and Chance being these two brothers, we can learn a lot about what this story means and how they can be two sides of the same coin. You see, after Chance received his Grammy for coloring book, he got a short text from Kendrick that read, Congrats, bro. God is moving. Chance took a screenshot of this text and posted it to Twitter with the caption, Big Brother. So what we see here is that these two see their relationship as a brotherly one. We already established in episode 13 that Chance is the younger brother who wasted his inheritance and came back. His music is the party that his father is throwing him. And so if Chance is the younger brother, that makes Kendrick the older one that is not afraid to question his father's decision and that is confused about his own role in this story. This older brother is conflicted, just like the conflicted nature of Kendrick's music. But similar to the horizontal and vertical discussion that we just had, there is both an older brother and a younger brother inside all of us. And we also tend to lean one way or the other. All of us contain the two sides of the same coin that are represented by Chance's music and Kendrick's music. Both of these artists are prodigal sons, just like the rest of us. We're always a little lost and a little found. So to close out, I tried to find an interview or an instance where Kendrick and Chance shared a mic, and I found that when Kendrick was touring, on the night he was in Chicago, he brought out Chance and they sang the song, No Problem, together. How perfect. That's love, Chantel. That's so much motherfucking love. So much love that I gotta make sure I give it back. Let's do something special, dude.
So whether you are a Chance or a Kendrick, horizontal or vertical, the older one or the younger one, there is no problem with that. What really matters is that you learn to have the words flow out of you and let them change you rather than expect them to change your God. And take some time to think about which way you lean. Think about how you are dead, but also how you are alive. Think about the things in your life that are dead, but also think about the things in your life that are alive. Think about how these two sides of this coin manifest themselves in your life. And of course, may you find grace and peace wherever you are. See you next time. It's the Psalm Song Podcast. Don't tweak, bro. It's never sweet, out. My shooters come for free, so if one more label try to stop me, it's gonna be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby. Huh, huh, you don't want no problem, want no problem.